for the Athletic Podcast Network. This is the update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to Ted Nguyen, who covers the NFL and the Las Vegas Raiders for the Athletic, about Sunday night football. It's Chiefs Week in Las Vegas, who take on the Raiders. You're coming off of a loss now against the New York Giants. The Raiders with a bye a couple of weeks ago. People thought maybe this was their jumping off point. This was their opportunity after all the off-field dramas that continued into this week for them to take a hold of the AFC West, though a loss to the Giants has bunched them back up, sitting at 5-3, and three, losing the tiebreak with the LA Chargers, but a half game up on both the Chiefs and the Broncos. All things we can talk about out with Ted Nguyen, who joins me next. Today is Friday, November 12th. It's my pleasure to welcome back to the podcast, Ted Nguyen. He covers the NFL and, of course, the Las Vegas Raiders for The Athletic. Ted, what's going on, man? Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me on. Big week this week, Raiders and Chiefs Sunday Night Football. Lots of stuff going on with the Raiders uh, roster and, and sort of the, the jumbling of them, including the head coach over the last couple of weeks. We'll stay away from some of the off-the-field stuff, but how that translates to on-field changes. Damon Arnett obviously was not playing a whole lot this year, and he'd been banged up. But the defense for the Raiders, last week they ran into the New York Giants off of a bye week. It felt to me like, yeah, this is a game the Raiders should win coming off a bye. And also after the loss, you go, yeah, these are the kind of games the Raiders lose, it seems like sometimes. What did you see from the Giants? Giants offense last week in dismantling the Raiders a little bit and how that's going to sort of play into this week. We'll talk some Chiefs in just a minute, but what happened last week when you studied the film? Yeah, the Giants were able to run the ball really well against the Raiders defense, but the pass defense has been really good this season and it continued to be really good against Giants. They pressured Daniel Jones at a high rate, didn't let him go downfield. And, you know, really the defense only gave up 16 points because seven of the points were from a pick six from Derek Carr. And Derek Hart threw another interception, which put them in field goal range. So I thought the defense was good overall. I think, you know, they're okay with having a bad run defense as long as it doesn't affect the final score, which it has proven that, you know, the run game isn't, you know, being bad and run defense hasn't really led to a ton of scores being scored on them. So I think they're okay with it. And I think, you know, in this day and age, you have to be able to defend a pass. And right now the Raiders have a very, very formidable pass rush. Yeah, when you're putting hands in the uh, in the quarterback's face or when you're putting bodies on the quarterback, it uh, it helps out that secondary. We've seen that w- with teams over the last couple of years. That's some ways to improve a bad secondary is to put pressure on the quarterback, stack the box a little bit. Derek Carr threw the ball 46 times last week. Has the balance in offense been different, you think, since Rich Bisaccia took over for John Gruden, or are we seeming, seeing the same type of offense, you think? No, I think they've been better at running the ball. You know, I thought that the offensive line has really come together as far as communication. You know, ever since they moved right tackle Alex Leatherwood to guard, they've been slowly getting better. They just manhandled the Giants' um, defensive line, defensive front, up front during that game. But unfortunately, they didn't run the ball when it got to the red zone, but they were moving the ball on the ground and in the air really well between the 20s. They couldn't execute when it got to the, they got to the red zone. Derek Carr had a couple uncharacteristic turnovers. I think that this was kind of a uh, a fluke game. You know, I, I think Carr's been playing good all season. I don't think that he's going to have a ton of games where he throws two turnovers. It's hard to blame them. You know, with everything that went on during this week with Henry Ruggs and Damon Arnett. You know, how can you not be distracted as a team and kind of have that type of game? So I think they'll bounce back against. Kansas City, Kansas City's defense played a little bit better, but then again, they played the Giants and, you know, they played Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers. So, you know, we'll see how much they really improve, but I think the Raiders will have a bounce back performance against the Chiefs. I think they're going to control the ball on the ground. 
with how they're running the ball. And Josh Jacobs has just looked awesome in the last couple of weeks. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. It is funny, people talking about the Chiefs and, and they're uh, not thinking their performances have been great, and I know that they've struggled offensively. I want to get into that in just a minute. They have won three of their last four games entering this week against the Raiders, so it's not like they're playing terrible football. One more thought on the Raiders and some moves they made this week. You mentioned Henry Ruggs, no longer a Raider, obviously. That story well documented uh, off the field about uh, his legal troubles and, and what's going on with him, but they did make the addition of Deshaun Jackson this week. How big of an impact do you expect him to play? In my opinion, and, and sort of just in my mind as a, as a casual fan watching football, I was think, boy, Deshaun Jackson, if he gets to play against any of his former teams, he's going off. When he was an Eagle going up against Washington, it was great. When it was Washington going against the Eagles, he was great. We'll see what happens now as a member of the Raiders. What kind of role do you expect him to play? I think early on, he'll be more of a decoy. You know, he'll have a few big catches here and there, but it'll be inconsistent as he's learning the playbook. But the Raiders really need that field stretcher. And you can see it against the Giants where everything was a little more compressed. Everything was just a little tighter because, you know, safeties are coming off the roof and that type of deal. So having a guy that could take a roof off of defense is going to be big for them. And their offense is full of guys that are, you know, good at working short and intermediate parts of the field. And, you know, that's why Ruggs was such a key part of this offense. So Deshaun Jackson still has elite speed. I mean, he's still recording some of the fastest mile per hour times according to next gen stats. You know, he might not be as fast as he was before, but I mean, you know, when you're that fast, you st- still can be elite at, at 35. And he racked up 220 yards as the Rams' fourth receiver, so he still can be productive. I think that, you know, he could provide more from a production standpoint than Henry Ruggs at his point of development because he's a better route runner and he could have worked that intermediate part of the field a little bit better than Ruggs. But I think, you know, that part of the, his game will start to come in fruition later down the line as he gets more acclimated with the playbook and as he gets more comfortable with Derek Carr. But right now, I think he'll be a decoy. And I think being a decoy will be uh, big for this Raiders offense. Was he an obvious fit in your mind? Like, did you think this was an, was an automatic sign for them? Yeah, 100%. I mean, right after the, the rug situation happened, I tweeted, you know, the Raiders need to go get Deshaun Jackson because, you know, he just fits exactly what this team needs as far as a, a field stretcher. And we've known Deshaun Jackson's been a huge Raider fan, you know, all his life growing up in L.A. He even said his first game he's ever uh, went to was in the Oakland Coliseum when the Raiders played the Chiefs. And now his first game as a Raider will be against Chiefs. So, you know, everything's coming full circle. Full circle, except he'll be in Vegas, not, yeah. in, uh, not in L.A. Yeah, or, yeah. Or in Oakland. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought that was kind of funny, too. Big game, as we mentioned, Sunday night against the Chiefs. First time Chiefs are going to play in front of fans at Levi's, or excuse me, at Levi's Stadium, at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. Chiefs come in, as I mentioned, winning three of their last four. Mahomes has gone under 300 yards in all but three games this season. What have you seen from that offense? Because it seems to me like they're putting two safeties over the top to cover Tyreek Hill. They're not getting that open space from Tyreek now when they want to throw the ball downfield. When Mahomes rolls out of the pocket, it seems like maybe there's better coverage on some of these receivers. Travis Kelsey isn't finding the same level of success that he had earlier this year. What's playing into some of these struggles? I think the interception numbers are a little overblown as a lot of them have been uh, tip passes or drops uh, sort of right in the face of, uh, of some of these receivers and have been detrimental to Patrick Mahomes. But what have you seen on tape from this offense? And, uh, and do you think that there's anything that's shown you they can get back to the level we've seen Mahomes play at over the last couple of years? Yeah, I mean, we, we could do a whole hour podcast on, you know, what's wrong with the Chiefs right now. There's just like so many different little problems that are attributing to their performance this season. But mainly, teams played a lot of too high against them last year, about 75-76% of snaps. But this year, they're playing, you know, even more. They're playing 90% 
before the Green Bay game, they were playing offensive snaps. The Chiefs were seeing too high on 90% of snaps, which is you know by far the most in the NFL. So what that does is it limits explosive passes. And the Chiefs, they've been built on explosives all these years. And they just can't get those big plays. And they just keep hunting for those big plays. And it's not happening. They rebuilt their offensive line in the offseason. And these guys are good at pass blocking, but they're not at an elite level like Mitchell Schwartz and Eric Fisher was in in the past. So they're not getting that time that Patrick Mahomes is used to getting. And, you know, they're not taking advantage of how they built their offensive line because, you know, the guys that they got are really good run blockers and they're just unwilling to run the ball downhill. That hurts when you're seeing that much too high defense because, you know, their defenses are one short in a box and they're and they're getting away with it because the Chiefs are unwilling to run the ball. And they'll have these drives where they actually do run the ball and drive down the field well. And then the next drive, they'll pass, you know, three times and get three incompletes and, and have to leave the field. So, you know, it's just something that Andy Reid has not done throughout his career. He's just unwilling to commit to the run. So, you know, I don't know if he'll do it this season, but the answer just seems so glaring this season that they need to commit to the run a little bit more than they have before. Well, and they committed to a first-round draft pick last year in Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who's been out with a, a knee injury, and he opened his practice window to return uh, earlier this week. They've gone with Derek Gore out of the backfield, and they've gone with uh, uh, Daryl Williams. Seems to me like Daryl Williams has been a pretty nice fill-in, probably a better runner, at least so far this season, than we saw Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And, and the back end of last year, he wasn't all that great. What have you seen from that rushing attack? I know you said some drives, it seems like they'll come and march the ball downfield, and then you end up with second halves like they had last week, where their first four possessions in the second half, they punted. Like, they came out and they just went three and out as you were mentioning. What have you thought of, of Derek Gore and of uh, Daryl Williams out of the backfield? I think Gore has a, he has a little um, scoot to him. You know, he has a little little bounce to a step. And, you know, I, I think he's a pretty decent switch-up running back. But as far as the Chiefs' run game, you know, they're in shotgun so much. And when you're in shotgun, that kind of hurts your run game unless you have a quarterback that's also a threat and an option. And, and Patrick Mahomes is pretty athletic, but, you know, he's not a guy that you want to run. You know, you don't want to get him hit like that in the option game, like, you know, Lamar Jackson can do. So, you know, when you're in shotgun and you're, you're not using your quarterback as a dual threat type of deal to even out the numbers, it, it hurts your run game. And they're trying to run some outside zone and some, you know, kind of perimeter runs, which, you know, allows the defense to come downhill from those two high alignments. So, you know, I want to see them run the, down, the ball downhill, get under center a little bit more. You know, they sprinkled those runs in, but they just haven't done it enough to get defenses to kind of bring that safety back in a box and, and tighten up the coverage a little bit. A couple more thoughts here on the AFC West before we get out of here. And I want to ask you a question about the Denver Broncos in just a minute. R- right now, do you view that as the most competitive division in football? All teams above 500. The Broncos at 5-4 and four took out the Dallas Cowboys last week, and I'll ask you about their defense in just a minute. But how do you see this AFC West stacking up right now? The Chargers faltered a little bit before and after the bye week. The Raiders obviously lose last week. Chiefs a lot of question marks. And the Broncos with a surprising victory last week. How do you think it stacks up here uh, heading into Week 10? I mean, the division is wide open right now. You know, I think this Sunday night game with the Raiders and Chiefs, you know, has huge implications down the line. You don't want to give the Chiefs another win and give them a three-game win streak and give them some confidence because, you know, as we know, they still have the tools to be a very explosive team. So, you know, I I think I can't even predict what's going on with the, you know, the AFC West. (laughs) Everything is so close. I mean, you know, all of a sudden, if this Denver Broncos defense lives up to the hype that they had in the preseason, then, you know, they could make some noise, too. And it's not just the AFC West. The entire AFC just kind of wadded up, you know, with a bunch of teams with five wins. 
So, I mean, you know, if I did give you a prediction right now, it'd just be a total shot in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> the AFC West is just that close where, you know, I, I can't even come close to putting a, a four, you know, ranking those four teams as of right now. Well, you're right. The Broncos get a, uh, the Eagles this week, then a bye week, and then they're going to get the Chargers and then at the Chiefs. So a couple of big division games coming up for them. You mentioned that Bronco defense and whether or not it will stack up uh, or, or compete the way we thought it would at the beginning of this year. They did, of course, just sell off Von Miller, right? They're, they're stalwart captain of that defense, a Super Bowl champion with them, went to a couple of bowls. What do you make of, of the defense and what happened last week? Was that sort of an outlier game, you think, for the Cowboys off of a bye? Or do you think, uh, you think that the Broncos showed us something that they can continue to compete despite having already a four-game losing streak this season. The final numbers make that performance look a little bit better than what it was because there were some opportunities for the Cowboys to hit downfield, but the passes were either dropped or, or Prescott would overthrow his guys a little bit, which do- doesn't happen usually. But to give the Broncos credit, they took away a lot of what the Cowboys like to do. They took away Prescott's first, second, third reads and made him, you know, get into a scramble drill and, and make plays that way. And they just couldn't complete those scramble drill type of plays. So, you know, the communication with the secondary looked better. They played aggressive man coverage uh, on the Cowboys. So I think those things are transferable. Like they'll be able to do that against other teams and, and other teams won't be able to get to those second reaction plays like the Cowboys did. So I think this defense has definitely improved. You know, if Bradley Chubb comes back, that will offset the loss of Miller a little bit because Bradley Chubb is a legit pass rusher as well. So I, I think, you know, the Broncos defense made some some changes and I think they will be better. They're going to be competitive and it's going to add to the, the competition in this AFC West. Hey, it's been a lot of fun, man. I always love whipping around uh, the NFL and specifically the AFC with you. Keep up the great work and uh, we'll catch up with you down the road, Ted. No problem. Thanks for having me on. Great stuff from Ted Nguyen. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter at FB underscore film analysis. He does a great job breaking down film really from across all of the NFL uh, throughout the week. He posts up uh, little mini videos, gives you breakdowns of them, but also does great pieces on some of the coverages and film study that he's done from around the league. Thank you to Ted. Thank you to Brian, my producer, and thank you to you, the listener. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to us. And make sure you subscribe because we got more football coming up on Monday. Jordan Rodriguez, one of our favorite guests who joins the update, actually a couple of times throughout the year. She covers the L.A. Rams for the Athletic 49ers and Rams Monday Night Football. You know, we've been saying this for a couple of weeks for the Niners. You hate to say, like, it's a must-win game, but it is certainly a must-win for the 49ers against one of the best teams in all of football. After losing to the Cardinals last week, they'll take on one of the hottest teams in football, the LA Rams, coming off a loss now on national TV. They get another national game, Monday Night Football, and we'll talk about it on Monday with Jordan Rodriguez. Until then, enjoy the weekend. We'll talk to you Monday. Mm-hmm.